Welcome to the Old Chick Snowship Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Arthurton. This podcast is dedicated to helping midlife women step into the inherent power and wisdom of a time of life when they often feel overlooked and underrepresented and even begin to doubt themselves. Each week, we will cover information and inspirational topics along with real stories from real women who are defying cultural stereotypes and perceptions of midlife. Women who are reinventing themselves, starting businesses, chasing their dreams, and tackling challenges they never thought possible. All right. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Old Chick Snowship Podcast. It's finally spring. It's sunny outside. There's no snow, and I can't tell you how happy and excited that makes me. So wherever you're listening from, I hope this finds you in warmer weather than we've been having. I am so excited to have a conversation today that I think you guys are going to love. So with me, I have Jenna Smith, who is a transformational coach trained in psychotherapy and uh, in something called ontology, which she is going to (laughs) explain uh, what that is all about. She also works with uh, energy modalities and shamanism and spends a lot of her time focused on women who are in the midlife time of their life and, you know, might be struggling to figure out where to go next. So she has a lot of really valuable insight from her training and the work that she does with women at this time of life. So welcome, Jenna. I am so happy to, uh, to have you with me. Ew, yeah, we had like this great pre-chat and then now yes. we're going to just unleash it. That's exciting. <laughs> right. And I, I, I said to Jenna at the beginning, I'm like, we could literally talk about this stuff all day, but I promise for her sake and for your sake, the audience, we won't. <laughs> I just get so excited. <laughs> I get so excited about these topics and we might have to have Jenna back for a part two if we can't fit sure. it all in. <laughs> so, yeah. so maybe you can tell us a little bit about you know, the women that you work with and kind of what in generalities, of course, you can't talk specifics, but in general, kind of like what are some of the the issues that they might be facing or how they're feeling about this time of life? And then where do they end up after the work with you? Because we talked a lot at the beginning about, you know, insecurities, forgetting who we are, you know, after a lifetime of doing and serving other people, now it's time for being and becoming more of who we are. And so I'd love to just kind of hear about the work that you do and kind of where, like where people start and kind of where they end up. And then we can riff on a whole bunch of topics from there. Cool. I really love that question because it really will help people to, to get a real great sense of why they're listening. Like, who am I? What do I do? So I, I, I'm like that. I'm like, why should I listen to this person? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. I'm busy. So <laughs> what I have found who I make a biggest impact with is, as you said, like women that are in some sort of transition, they've been mothers, they've been in a lot of roles, particularly a very specific type of person who's like the one everyone goes to kind of holds it all together and has gotten success from that. Like it's been a great thing to get them far, get them through stress, it gets them through this, but then there's a certain point around 40, 50, 60, which is like a large range, but it just depends on when, when the breaking point hits Right, that can seem like a breakdown, but it's an opening. And we're going to talk about that. And I do, it's a lot of perspective shift of shifting from me versus life. Like a lot of people just traverse through life. It's like, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I've got to get this and that and this. And then there isn't a lot of sense of life working with you. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. And so because of that disconnect, it kind of just keeps growing. The disconnect keeps growing. We keep doing and going, and then the disconnect is growing. And then suddenly it's like, why are we here? Because if you were to just die in the middle of the busy, you would think, huh, 
what was I doing? <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, and we also, uh, we are, we live in a culture where doing is like celebrated, rewarded, like the hustle life. And I'm like, oh, I was so guilty of that one. Right. And then all of a sudden it's like, when I couldn't do that anymore, I was like, huh, this is really uncomfortable. Like, wh- who am I? Right. It really is. Yeah. Who am I? Yeah. Who am I? That's exactly. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. Who and everyone's I? afraid that it's this dark, demented void. <laughs> <laughs> like they like if they actually looked, it would be like Yes. Terrifying. Right. And our relationship and our culture and society to the unknown is very unhealthy. Terrifying, right? It's just like, but how how am I gonna be perfect at that if I don't know? Like it's it's a terrifying thing. So our relationship to creativity and possibility and the unknown is also very weak. So there's there's a lot of working with that. So like the women that come to me are the one everyone else comes to, they're holding it all together. They are successful in a lot of ways. Typically, they have no reason to feel discomfort. So then they feel guilty that they feel badly. And then they don't really have anyone to talk to because their friends are like, but you're beautiful and successful. Like, what's mm. the problem? Mm. Right. <laughs> like, there's, we're not, we're, if we're at the top, we're also not allowed to suffer. Right. So right. there's a lot of women in particular shouldering this, like, I got to keep this all together. And I, I can't burden anybody with my discomfort. Right. I'm cracking up, but I can't let anybody know. Yeah. And then that slow burn is about when they get to me. So usually they're on anxiety medication or depression medication to deal. Like it's just, they've done, literally done all the doing, like they just can't deal with the emotions and they haven't also realized like what we'll come to talk about is the emotions aren't jerks. They are energy that's misunderstood and misused. And that gap that I was talking about is so big. There's like, think about it. Emotions. It's like, if you've been pushing them down and not dealing with them and just like traversing forward, and this I'm talking about by midlife, you've got like deaths, you've got significant life events behind mm-hmm. you, but you're just trucking forward and that shit's not dealt with. Like it's, yeah. it's like mold in a basement, I call it. It's like, it's just been growing because we haven't been giving it any air. We haven't been cleaning it. We haven't been doing emotional work, not knowing that emotions are actually energy we could use for our life. Yeah. I heard the analogy the other day, which I loved. It's like not dealing with those emotions is like trying to hold a beach ball underwater. Yes. It's an immense amount of energy and it's going to pop up. There is nothing that you can yeah. do to keep it down. Right? So it's like, how do you want to live your life? Do you want to yeah. be like, or do you want to just float or play with it? Or yeah, exactly. You know, like throw the ball at someone and be like, catch. Like that's another thing. So doing it all alone is another really strong thing that people who come to me and then by the time they come to me they've done some therapy or done some of this or that but the people and this isn't an arrogant thing on my end the people haven't been capable to hold space for the level of intelligence and sensitivity and and power that that individual has and they know and they can tell and they'll be like "Mm, not getting what I need and they just clamp up even more and they're like oh this stuff doesn't work I'm alone blah 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 that's it and then there's a Mm -hmm. little resignation so I do find a lot of people will try one or like a session or this or that they are trying to get help but I have to say their commitment to like (laughs) being the only one who knows and doing it all alone kind of overrides their ability to find somebody who can really match them right right anyway so they end up on the other side being able to be and being can sound really woo-woo and and abstract but it really is like I can wake up knowing I'm enough and I know what to do and I know why I'm here without thinking about it. Yeah. And just even being able to, and this was a big thing for me that I had to learn was even just being able to sit with your own thoughts for a minute. 
Yeah. Like to start being like, okay, I'm experiencing this emotion right now. And then actually sit with it for more than a second before you numb it out with doing something or going somewhere or whatever that looks like. Right. Mm-hmm. So just yeah, being with it. Right. It was, it's such a huge thing. And this is the thing from childhood too. We are not taught how to deal with our emotions. Right. There is no, no well, instruction anywhere. Not okay. Yeah. Okay, there's all you're crazy. And especially as women, if you want to be a businesswoman. Oh. emotions are definitely not allowed and you will be seen as less than. So there's a whole other layer of not allowed. I mean, over my entire corporate career, I can't tell you how many women I've seen in the bathroom crying because they had to go somewhere to let it out in order to be able to go back and do what they needed to do. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's because the crying, you know, that like angry, frustrated cry where you're just leaking. If we actually can like, process our emotions regularly we won't get those you know breakdown leaks like it's like it's like a shaking a coke bottle right like it's just like eventually and you can't control it (laughs) it'll be during a business meeting you'll be like so tell me a little bit about what ontology means and what exactly that is well so i did training in spiritual psychotherapy i did two different trainings and then realized i cool, let's heal the past, la la la. But as you can tell already in this conversation, I was much more interested in how do we live our life Mm, now? Yes. Like that happened. Okay. I need to clear it. I get that. But it just seemed to me like in psychotherapy, like we kept talking about a lot of the past and I was more interested in creating my life and living my life full on, like being my full potential. And then I found the world, this (laughs) luckily I only found a small slice of the world at the beginning, but self-development coaching has blown up. Like this was back in 2009 when I met, uh, and I looked into the world of coaching and all I knew was Cheryl Richardson on Oprah right, talking about coaching. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And she's like, well, if you want to be a coach, get a coach. I'm like, okay. I was very coachable in my twenties. <laughs> so I, I got a coach that was terrible and unqualified at first. And then, cause I'm just like the first coach I met, I'm like, okay, let's do this. <laughs> it's really cute. Um, but then I met this mentor in ontology and I could there was something about him explaining to me. So he was in Santa Santa Cruz. I was going to say San Francisco. It's wrong. He was in Santa Cruz. Ontology is the study of human beings and their relationship to reality. So philosophers like Aristotle and Heidegger and all of these that they're like, humans have been here for a while. And we're not as complicated and unique as we think. Right. We're right. really the same. We have emotions, we have an ego, we have a divine purpose. Like we think, oh, don't show them that I'm feeling insecure right now. But like, it's just kind of funny. So it's about how our relationship to reality will create our reality. And there's a lot of talk about that now as well. Mm -hmm. So the language we use and how we, yeah, kind of how we do, do one thing will reveal itself all over the place. But how that actually, what that really landed for me was, everything's been made up. Like my story about me and my, my body, my body image has been made up. My limitations have been made up like this world structure of nine to five and this and that it's all been made up. So what do you want to create? How do we create from zero, not reaction? How do we create from like creation? Just blank slate, nothing to react to, nothing to defend, nothing to heal. (laughs) Just like all that energy and information can be used for here and now to live your life, but then create what's in the future. 
Right. So you're saying, just so that I understand this and the listeners understand it, it's like basically starting, okay, being aware of everything that's behind you, but really starting with a blank slate in front of you to create whatever it is that you want to see in your life. Yeah. Yeah. So that you can like really reclaim your power as a human and be like, I love that. How to do it. And I can just start now and I can start now. Like at any point you can just go, I'm starting now. Yeah. I love this so much because, you know, there's this societal notion we have about as soon as you get to, you know, your late forties, your forties, you're into your fifties, you start this slope, the downward slope into old age oblivion, which means, you know, you start to slow down, you pack it in, you don't really start anything new. You're kind of wrapping up where you're, and I'm just like, to me, that just felt like a, like so depressing. And I'm like, but I have so much more in me. Right. And it's really, and then you look out there and you're like, oh, okay, well, I guess I really can't do anything because it's society tells me I can't. And I love the fact that ontology is telling you it doesn't matter. You can create a slate at whatever age. You could be, Jane Fonda is creating some ontology. Yes. yes. <laughs> love, love that. <laughs> like, it's like, I decide who I be, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. how I want to show up in the world. Yeah. And I right. want to add to that, though, to not add to the frenetic overdoing, is mm. that there is a nature in you informing you of what that is. Oh, Yes. Right. So you, you apply the two, right? So it's not like you're just like, I'm creating my reality and here's my vision board. And you go nuts. <laughs> right. Frantic and creating. And that's like ego. And that's you being alone, doing it all alone. Like you're doing all the same patterns. And right. that's the thing with ontologies. You can see your cycles and patterns and you can go, oh, do I want to just recreate the cycle and pattern in a different role or do I want to pop out? Right. And so that's the importance of being in order to tune into that innate nature. Yes. That your will body. allow you, yeah, yes. your body, your mind, your, your soul, your spirit. <laughs> exactly. So if you're in your body, so most women are not in their body and they've learned mm-hmm. that their body sucks or there's some pain. And they really, and we talked about this, they want to make it go away. Yeah. I have a headache, make it go away. Like, yeah. like really people are even very irritated when they have to pee or eat. <laughs> I can really, <laughs> such an inconvenience. I can so relate to that. I got stuff to do. <laughs> Stupid body. Like we're assholes to our bodies. Like we're like, right. Like it wants to go for a walk. And I was just talking to my mom the other day. She's like, well, I'm going to be, she has this relationship to exercise. It's like her versus exercise. And like, mom, it's actually good for you. Like it's, it's actually good for you. She's like, yeah, I got this big drive to do. I'm like, so you're going to want to walk to lubricate your joints, to get the blood flowing so that you're lucid driving. It's good. It's like, no, it's too hard. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's good, right? Like if you think about toddlers or a puppy or things that are alive, and we also forget we're alive by the time we hit certain age ranges. It's like, oh, wait a second, I'm a living thing. And it's not the intelligence that wants to talk to you. It's like here now, through those impulses, through those symptoms, there's actually an intelligence. And I love this as well related to menopause, because if there's a time of life where a woman is going to hate on her body and feel betrayed, and trust me, I've been there. <laughs> this is the time. Like when you start to feel completely out of control, like, you know, you're having hot sweats and mood swings and, you know, <laughs> heart palpitations and migraines that are coming out of nowhere. It feels like a betrayal. It's like, I got these things to do. I got all of the stuff to do and I'm just being inconvenienced even more. Like that's exactly it. So how- it, would, it would feel that way. Yeah. Oh, and it does feel that way sometimes. But this is where you start to have to shift the perspective. To create a relationship with your body that's 
that's never really been done before. Like we want to like subdue our body into something that will be like not in the way or, you know, look a certain way to do a certain thing. And so suddenly your body starts talking to you and your soul starts talking to you through your body. And instead of learning how to talk to it, one, we haven't been taught. Right. Right. So like, uh, by the time people find me, it's like, oh, (laughs) oh, my body's talking to me. Well, I want to learn how to do that. (laughs) You know, they're finally like, wait a second, that feeling of helplessness and life is against me is getting old. How do I actually work with this? Because fighting it isn't working. So how do you teach women to tune into their bodies? It's like literally, I used to be a personal trainer. So it's like, Personal training is interesting. So it's like personal training for your emotions. If you've never worked out before, you don't know what a chest muscle is, right? right? So I'll just be like, okay, push yourself up. And then people's limitations are hilarious. The amount of people that are like, I can't do a push up. I can't do a push up. I'm like, lie flat, push yourself up off the ground. It's the most like basic human <laughs> thing. Just push the ground away from you. And they're like, oh, I can do that. Like, yep. <laughs> so it's like, it's like retraining something we have always known right? Um, through like, through exercises I do. Like I do have a home study program, You Are the Manual, that goes through the body intelligence systems, mm-hmm. uh, the exercises I do. And, and they're not like special secrets from the mountains of the Himalayas. Like the thing is, this isn't, we're in a time where you can Google body scan Right. You can find this information so much more readily, which can also yeah. be confusing, but something like a body scan, like if your listeners wanted to do it now, the problem is the mind needs to be managed first to be like, it's okay to have 10 files open. We're just going to be in our feet right now. And we're just going to breathe and we're just going to feel our feet. So it takes some training, like being yeah. a personal trainer to teach people. And I was the type of personal trainer that's like, here's how to squat here's how to do your chest. Here's how to do your back. Okay. Now that you know that, mm-hmm. go nuts. Right. Cause once you know, and I'm all about sustained, embodied, done change, it's like, you're now permanently different. Like you've locked in the results and then you can go from there. Life is always going to be challenging, but once you actually do connect your body, feel into it regularly, do the body scans, just start using its intelligence. It will start to kind of come up to meet yeah. you, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, and I hear a lot of women say, not a lot of women, a lot of people say, oh, I can't meditate. I know. And it's like, okay, if you literally do, and I, okay, I was like, I remember my first yoga class that I ever went to and it had a little bit of meditation in and like, this is probably my thirties and thinking, okay, I'm going to make a mental grocery list. I'm going to manage my to-do list, like while all what I'm doing is, as opposed to just sitting and tuning into my body, like literally just feel your hands, feel your feet. And that type of stuff was a great way to be like, oh, huh. see, this isn't really that hard. But, you know, when people, when you say meditate, people think this lofty guru sitting on a mountaintop, you know, receiving all kinds of intelligence, which, which all of us are, which all of us, all of us are, are. It is actually, yeah. true, but it's um, not where you start. <laughs> but you don't start there because here's right. the thing. The mind, as I said about in the beginning, the women, uh, women and men, humans, I work with humans, but I like working with women because I, I just, I feel like I have a unique ability there. When I just got get really centered about it. The mind is going to feel like it's being annihilated. Mm. So it's going to be like a precocious child and get louder mm-hmm. as soon as you start to focus on something else. If anybody has kids or pets, if I'm like not paying attention to my cat, she's like, she whacks my hand like, right. like that. It's like, hey. <laughs> so the mind will, so then people think, oh, I can't do this. 
But if you know, the mind is just trying to find its bearings. It's like, what? I'm supposed to always be on. Like, what do you mean I'm feeling my feet? Why are we feeling our feet? <laughs> so what, what, what I teach people is you create evidence. You slowly create evidence that presence is more productive mm. in the long run. Right. Right. So at first it's like, this is stupid. This is a waste of time. I should do my grocery list. Right. Until you're like, whoa, wait a second. If my body intelligence comes online, if my heart intelligence comes online, if I can connect to infinite intelligence through my body, through my heart for my life, that one feels good two gives you results, gives you real time results, pragmatic life skills, you're plugging in to intelligence, then that becomes very productive. It becomes the thing to do. Yes, it does. That is so true. And so like the first step, so a person who is feeling disconnected from themselves, who has never meditated, who has never gotten in touch with their body. I mean, I used to be that person who thought my body was this blob underneath that supported my head because I'm so, (laughs) I lived in my head, right? Yeah. Like what is the very first thing you say to somebody who's like, okay, I need to get out of my head and connect with my body. Like what's the very first thing that you would say to them? Well, I'm, I do have like a free thing I'm going to send to you to send to them oh, or, or that they can link it to, and I give everybody this well-being checklist. And so the, the main ones I have everybody do is a two minute meditation. Perfect. <laughs> Breathe, set a timer. So your mind doesn't have a temper tantrum. Mm-hmm. When you go, okay, I'm going to do 15 minutes. Like try running for 15 minutes when you haven't run. <laughs> right. So yes. That's that's why it's so fascinating being a personal trainer. Random, by the way, I grew up overweight, non-athletic. I had chronic pain when I was younger, then became a personal trainer because I was a singer, like total random story. But this is the life intelligence, right? I was like, what? Like I'm a personal trainer and then I became a psychotherapist, but I was still a singer and then learned shamanic stuff all over the world. And now it all comes together, right? (laughs) So if we try to understand everything... I would never have got to this life that was always meant for me, completely aligned for me. I just wanted to share that like randomly. Yeah, so the personal amazing. training analogies, my working with people through personal training makes it this very grounded, right? Right. Like how, why on earth would you think you can run? You, we understand that from a physical perspective. So why would you think you're suddenly going to be able to meditate for so long? Right. It's just, it's another, it's an energetic muscle. Right. right. So right. meditation, short meditation. I do something called heart breathing and you just put your hands on your chest. You Again, you can tangibly feel them and then feel them. That's what you do. Feel your hands, feel like the space under your hands, feel your chest, feel your hands. And then that act of just intentionality starts to engage our presence. And now what I do when I work with people is that what will come up will be a myriad of different things mm-hmm. to be cleared, understood, explored, navigated, etc. Right. The heart space might not always feel good, but it's like if you never brush your teeth for 25 years, right? Like you kind of have to. Yeah, your gums might bleed a little. Get through some of the stuff, and then it's like, yay, teeth! Like, but the heart is like so much more than that. Like, if we think of creativity, enthusiasm, joy, play, things that again, those are some other beach balls we've shoved down, Mm -hmm. and we emancipate this energy to be used for life here and now, today, and then create from that energy. That heart space is really great to connect to. And then I recommend journaling. So those are like the really like main, main things. And journaling isn't a diary. It's a technology connecting you to your body. Yeah. 
and releasing energy from your overactive brain. So the act of writing can frustrate people because they're like, I can't write fast enough. Yeah. So the solution is to slow down. Right. Right. <laughs> right. And like, and then again, our relationship reality, notice your frustration about not being able to write fast enough. Right. So, so right. maybe you need to shift your rhythm to align again, back to your nature, which come, which it all comes down to is that we forgot our nature. And so as we get back into our body, we journal, we're like, Oh, I was feeling frustrated when the person overcharged me for the coffee. And then you're like all these stupid little hits that get you throughout the day. Don't stay. They don't take up energy. You're just clearing. Right. And just even just making you aware of the fact that I just processed three things that were like injustices against me today, right? Like, (laughs) whereas, you know, and so you recognize it and you let it go as opposed to, I'm just going to come home and kick the cat because I'm really pissed off and I don't know why. (laughs) Yeah, anger displacement. My cat cat had this little fight with a raccoon through the the screen door. (laughs) Right. And so the raccoons on the other side just chilling, this big raccoon. And my cat's like, like losing her shit because she wants to attack it, thank God, because you don't want your cat attacking a raccoon that's not going to go well. Then my other cat so she turns around goes bonkers on my other cat that's displaced anger so the animals do that all the time right and we forget that we're animals and so yeah your husband's gonna get it your kids are gonna get it like if you don't manage your energy and this is the thing women will then feel guilty so they've now displaced their anger now they feel guilty again so as we can like reel it all back in it's like oh I have choice like suddenly now instead of just being on this race of reactivity, we can just be like, okay, I can clear this energy. I can clear this frustration. We have the tools to actually deal with yeah. the thing that yeah, everyone's dealing with. That's so interesting because you, I often hear this um, with the women in my community, like is, and even with my friends and, you know, my peers, myself, is like feeling guilty for when I'm sick and I need to stay in bed. Oh, but I got to do this. I got to do that. Or feeling guilty that, you know, I can't do it all right? Like I'm doing nine things over here and I really need to do that 10th one and I feel guilty for not doing it. Right. So again, it kind of, it's, it really is kind of exactly what you're talking about, right? Like it's just not being in tune with the fact that my body's asking me to do something else. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going to ask that. Or, yeah. We have a value in the doing. So back to the valuing doing. Yeah. I worked with this older German woman and she's, could not sit and do nothing. Like if someone came in the room, she would, and she was just sitting and reading, she would leap up and pretend to be cleaning. Right. It's like unable to actually be seen in leisure. Yeah. So the identity of doing equals value is a big program to be deconstructed. Yes. Because like, am I valuable if I'm doing nothing? Right. Interesting. This really plays into, too, the, the thing that I hear a lot, again, in my community is women who have, you know, either been stay-at-home moms or not, or career women or whatever, but whatever happens is they have their kids, they raise their kids, they're focused on their kids, and yeah. then they're empty nesters. And there's this, like, hole because their identity has become, is as mom or, you know, whatever it is. And, and then they're lost. Like, they don't know what to do next. Like, well, what am I going to do when my kid's not here? Like, where do I go from there? And then it leads to the question of like, okay, so what's the purpose in my life? What's the meaning in my life if I'm not doing this thing? Yeah. And right? now, so here's the thing. That space and pain that comes from the yearning of that thing being gone that used to give you love and identity. And obviously being a mother's 
one of the most magnificent things being a parent, right? All of your energy is pouring into the creation of this person's life. And of course, a lot of you is going to go into that. Now, the problem is women systematically and particularly more so women will progressively lose themselves. Mm -hmm. So their entire identity is wrapped up into it. Okay. Now there's this big void. The void is there to return you home to yourself. Right. Parenting doesn't mean losing yourself. Yeah. It's just what we've done. Right. But I mean, and it's not even just parenting, like losing yourself in your career. Oh, the identity of the career. Yeah. 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 It's not or, actually athletes or anything like that. They, they blow yeah. in me and suddenly, who are they? So people that go through that, this is what I'm saying. Who are you if you're doing nothing? Right. It's a call back to our core nature of worthiness. Yes. And if we build our life from that foundation of who we always were, which is so funny, right? It's like, this is who you always were, was you're worthy. You were always worthy, whether you're a hockey player or not, or whether you're a mom or not, whether you're a CEO or not. Mm -hmm. But we so bought into the identity that we need to do X to get Y that you are, you like, that's the the pain people are feeling is the pain of unworthiness. Let's Mm -hmm. be clear. That's the pain. That's why it hurts so much. Right. Right. The reason it hurts so much is because it's the exact opposite of who you really are. Right. Who you are is already worthy. And so the pain of unworthiness is meant to call you back to this. Right. But most people get caught in a loop. Right. And then they're just trying to make this go away rather than listen to the invitations it's making. Now, other people do listen to the invitations and it takes them do to do to do and they're like, whoa, what? (laughs) I I was working the whole time. (laughs) Yeah, and, and quite often like the conversations that are had like within my face group and things like that is like, you know, finding meaning and purpose in this time of life, right? Like, so, you know, your kids are gone, you might have ended a relationship or, you know, your career's not satisfying you anymore or whatever. And then you're like, okay, well, what is it? Like, what am I supposed to be doing? And I think um, what you just mentioned is a really important part of that is, is like what you're supposed to be doing first off is coming back to yourself. Like that's what this time of life is all about. It's like all the doing and the being and the things that you were, right? Have an expiry date. Like nothing goes on forever. And then as soon as you kind of get to this place, but because we've never, A, because we've never talked about it in like, we don't talk about no, no. Life and what that looks like. All we do is reward doing, we reward youth. So if the, there's this big void and we're all staring into it going, okay, where's the meaning and purpose for my life? Again, looking outside of ourselves as opposed yeah. to being like, oh, first I need to tune in. And that's, it's more important than ever you know, in your 40s and 50s or midlife, right, to tune in because that is what's going to guide you forward. That's where meaning and purpose is going to come from. And that's where everything's guiding you to anyway. Yeah. So either you're going to have a breakdown or uh, or have this feeling that you just can't shake or, or whatever will bring you there. I like the saying, all rivers lead to the same, lead to the same ocean. Mm. It's just right. like whatever is going to actually bring you there. And secondarily, I want to edit your question because this is the question. If people, this is very ontological. It's like, what am I here for? What's my purpose? What's this? Here's the question you need to be asking. What do I want? Right. Right. Very basic. <laughs> what, like, but it's not. It's because not. Because we haven't asked it for so long. I was, I was doing a workshop for a bunch of women on a retreat and uh, for specifically moms. And I was doing my year of the manual workshop, which is your mind, body, heart, spirit, all stuff. And then I was like, okay, so on your well-being checklist, this is the thing I'm mentioning in a sense to you. 
to just measure and, and engage with your self relationship and measure it so that you can start doing it with ease. And I was like, okay, so you're going to include here what lights you up. You're going to want to fill your time with the things that generate life for you, light you up, make you feel good, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. The whole room just glazes over. I'm like, so who knows what lights them up? I think one person put up their hand. There's 30 people. And then I went, oh, right. This isn't done either. Like this right. isn't. This isn't the question people ask or again, value because they value hard work and strive equal success. I've put in the elbow grease. Now I get the thing, this new thing of like feminine energy and all of the stuff that's coming out. It's like your being is enough and the things that like expand you feel easy to you, all that kind of stuff are it's information that it's for you. Right. And because we value hard work, again, in that old paradigm, I worked hard, therefore I'm valuable. The idea of like, I lied in the hammock and then I got a client online because I've been in the state of magnetism and receptivity that they could find me. Like that's a whole new paradigm. Right. And that's like way farther than what everyone's going to start with. But at least, you know, like you can't really get started on a journey where you know why, why would you go? On the other side, it's like, okay, you're going to feel good. And then feeling good is going to be the, instead of feeling bad and fixing and making go away, you're actually going to be like choosing your nature, choosing your unique nature. So it doesn't mean living big. It doesn't mean having a big purpose. It means knowing your nature and then living in alignment with your nature. That's the thing. Oprah can't tell you. I can't tell you. You know. And you know, everybody knows. It's in Everybody knows. You're breathing? Yeah. Done. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody knows. (laughs) Yeah. So fascinating. So what would you say, like, if you had to give one piece of advice for a woman who might be feeling a little lost in her life right now and has to take a step forward towards finding her meaning and purpose, like, what is the kind of the one thing that you would, the one piece of advice you would offer? Or wants to create something in her life, like, no, she doesn't, she's not happy with what she has now. Yeah. It's, I think it's the same answer actually, yeah. but that's why I'm just kind of tuning into that. So here's the other thing, our, our left brain, I'm just going to actually transcribe what I'm doing right now. I don't have the answer in my left brain because I'm going to access kind of my internet, which we all have. <laughs> right. So what I'm doing is, is just getting into my body in this, because I practice it so much. And now, now I'm waiting, feeling, waiting <laughs> for the answer to come just like the internet. You put it into Google and you're like putting a very specific question. So I'm like, okay, if I'm going to say one thing to somebody who's feeling lost about the purpose, that's what I'm tuning into. Okay. So I just wanted to say that's what I'm doing right now so that people can kind of see how it looks Mm. real time. Yeah. You know what the main thing is, is like, you're not broken and Mm, there's nothing to fix. That's the biggest hurdle. There's nothing wrong with you. Feeling pain doesn't make you wrong. Yeah. And that you just don't know yet. Yeah. Yet. Yes. So just like give yourself a break, expand your timeline. Like it's really funny. People are like, Oh, I'm going to do this by six months. It's like, (laughs) yeah. Nature, right. Returned. This is our returning to our nature, but that's the biggest thing. Like you're not broken. You're not getting it wrong. You're not being punished. And then we talked about that. 
Yeah. And you need to just turn down the volume of all of the things, which is why you need to get inside. So all of the external, the only way to find the internal is to turn down the volume outside and go in. Right. And here's the other thing, turn, and then another option is to turn up, turn up your light. Yes. So when you do find the things and you do feel them is to actually turn that up and then it actually crowds out the noise. Yeah. you're, You're always kind of doing both. Yeah. And like one of the things I always say, like in my group programs, for example, is, you know, find the smallest thing that brings you joy. Like it could be the tiniest, tiniest little thing. It could be sitting for five minutes in the morning with your cup of coffee in the silence. It could be picking a flat, whatever it is, like find that one thing, because then that one thing leads you to the next thing. Can I just add that you will feel like nails on a chalkboard when you're doing it? Yeah. (laughs) The joy will come after. Yes, that's true. That is true. Initially, it will feel like nails on a chalkboard. It'll You're be rejecting your ability to receive at first. Yeah. Yes. And I find it's helpful to know this is going to feel like shit for a while until it feels good. And then, ugh, there's the opening. Yeah. Just like push-ups, right? I do put, they suck. They suck. And suddenly once you can do them, you're like, I'm a superstar. I'm a superhero. <laughs> I love push-ups. Yeah. <laughs> right? Then you build confidence. You build strength. And you build right. that relationship to that thing that is your nature. Yeah. So I just wanted to add that because yeah, I, no, I, it's true. on my blog, I have a, a blog. That if, if you're like that, if, the listener called Love, Love Anorexia. And it's like the inability to receive love. So even if it's like shining down on you and you're getting all this greatness, it's like we, some of us have an inability to actually receive the thing that we wanted or need. Why is that? Why do we have an inability to receive? It's just a learned behavior, right? Like be a good girl or this, be like, be productive or this. And it's just a collective shit show of disconnect. It's not you that did it or didn't do it. It's just, we all need to plug back in. Like, big time. And everyone started, is starting to, it's really fascinating being in this industry for so long beyond the hype and all the noise. And it just like, wow, <laughs> like people are ready. And now it's a matter of discernment and being like, what's my path? Because mm-hmm. the people that work with me know I'm their person. It's easy. Right. It's like, right. that's how I set it up. And they, they, this should be that easy. Right. I, or they'll know, I want to go to Tuscany to that yoga thing, or they'll know I want to become a writer. So I'm going to go to this writer's retreat. Right. There's a knowing. Knowing. Yeah. That is so important. It is so like getting to that place. Like, and I remember like on my own journey, like (laughs) when all the noise, like basically when I was forced because I couldn't get out of bed, I was too sick to get out of bed and lying there going, okay, what now? Like coming from a doing, 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 doing. And like, I'd be sitting there going like, this is like really uncomfortable. Like, what am I doing? I need to actually get up and do something. Like I can't just be here. But I didn't really have a choice. And so I had to like sit through the uncomfortable. And then all of a sudden, like little, like I kept asking the question over and over again, like, who am I? What do I want? Who am I? What do I want? And the tiniest little things would come up. But then it's like, it's cemented there, right? And then the knowing starts to grow. But it's like you said, if you're not used to doing that, it's a hugely, hugely uncomfortable place to be. And unfortunately, a lot of us get stuck in that huge discomfort and then be like, okay, abandon ship. I'm leaving. I can't do this. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, getting comfortable with being uncomfortable <laughs> to some degree is absolutely necessary. And that's, we had said that at the beginning that I like, I, I like people to know, and then there's another thing I want people to walk away with is that you're not being punished, you're being prepared. So you weren't yes. being punished 
right. And the, this and the, that I had chronic pain. I was in a car accident. I was 15, but that's how I learned how to be a healer. Right. It's helping lots of people now. <laughs> like yeah. it's, and it's not about martyr. It's like, oh, no. and now I have access to infinite intelligence and I'm 37. That's pretty cool. Like, yeah. I well, win. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's all happening for you, right? Yes. And so that's, see, uh, when we actually expand it to be returned to our true nature, that's the reality. And then we can just plug into it whenever we want to. Now, here's the thing I want people to try. This is just, uh, my download took a little, little bit longer. We started whatever, five minutes ago. To feel held up rather than holding it together. So I want mm. your people to sit in their chair now or like lie down and just feel held up. Like feel everything that's holding you up. And then like you, like, this is what's so cool. It's like, once you flip that paradigm, it's like, oh, right. The earth's holding me up. I'm not flying off into oblivion, into space. <laughs> Sun is, be- you know what I mean? You're breathing. There's this, like, so many things are working in your favor all the time. Yes. And so that, I love that exercise is just lie down again, two minutes, <laughs> 30 seconds, <laughs> feel held up rather than holding it all together. It's such a profound shift that you aren't here to just figure it out alone. Yeah, it's so true. And when you take that perspective, right, that everything is happening for you, right, it makes things like, you know, maybe you're dealing with, you know, an ugly menopause or whatever, right? Like, or bad symptoms or whatever that might be. Or, or and, big cancer and all of it. All or of it. yes, or cancer or whatever it is, like, there is something in it for you. And when you can shift it to that perspective, it makes it that much easier for you to deal with. Yeah. At, not at first either. Like not at first. No. Becomes, in Peru, they call, I love the concept um, in, in Sh- Andean tradition shamanism is that there's hucha, which is unusable energy, mm-hmm. and sami, which is usable energy. Mm. There isn't good or bad energy. Right. There's unusable energy, right? Usable energy. And so the idea is, to, is like river flowing, right? that there's that flow. And when you want to manage the unusable energy, like guilt, shame, all that kind of stuff, they stick around, they're unusable. But at one point, shame will be so painful, it'll pop you into action. Right. Anger is so powerful, it makes you, you know what I mean? It it like implores you into action. So that's another thing is there's no good or bad. It's just so even in the beginning, if you're feeling good or bad, good or bad, good or bad, it's like, right. You just kind of pull back the camera. And again, none of this is second nature. You got to start with the push-ups. You got to start with the, the, the 30 <laughs> seconds and have, be super gentle with yourself. Cause that's the other thing is like your relationship to yourself is key. Yeah. So key. Awesome. Well, we've talked about a lot of things today. I mean, we could seriously have a part two to this because like we had a previous conversation about kind of being disconnected from the earth, which I love which is the whole part of disconnection, deeper on the whole disconnection that we've just been talking about. So we might have to have Jenna back to do part two, but how can people reach you if they want to find out more about you and what you do? Where is the best place to find you? Yeah, the best way is probably just reach out on my website, jennasmithcoaching.com. And I have a place to book a free call with me there. Like I don't always have the free calls open. I have a few spots open right now. So you can just book to chat with me directly. There's also a little chat bot on there that you can just, if you're impatient, like most of my people, (laughs) not navigate the website and just type in there and I'll email you right back. Perfect. So there's multiple little ways on the jennasmithcoaching.com website to get a hold of me. 
Perfect. And we will put the link to the freebie in the show notes yeah. so um, people can access that. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jenna. I love this conversation. Yeah, me um, too. Yeah. And we will talk to you soon. All right. Thank you for listening to the Old Chicks No Shit podcast. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give is to share this podcast with a friend, subscribe, rate and review our podcast on iTunes or wherever it is that you listen in.